Ah, so let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. So deeply grateful and thankful to join together in the love of God as the love of God. So grateful, so thankful to open ourselves to infinite inspiration, the pure love of God shining in our awareness. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize our very nature is perfect. And we're willing to see that perfection in each other and in ourselves. We are grateful to gather together for the purpose of expansion and clarity, freedom, living masterfully. We are grateful to claim our inheritance of abundance and prosperity. So grateful. So grateful to allow ourselves the healing that we desire. Sharing the benefits with all, we let the healing be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. So I'd like to start by just asking, did anybody uh, do any purging in their closets? Have you had any uh, shifts or changes in your habits, looking at things in relationship to waste and hoarding at all? Anybody? Sheila? Whoopsie. Um, well, yes, I've been doing some cleaning out, and hopefully the shift is coming. Today I cleaned out, I don't know, 25 years worth of old paint cans, <laughs> and I, call, I called to get them, uh, you know, taken care of properly, and they said, oh, well, we can only take five gallons at a time. And here I'm looking at like 25 gallons of paint. So I did not let that upset me. I thought, well, I'll just take it five gallons at a time over a period of a month, and eventually I'll get rid of it. That, and I did, oh gosh, oh, I took all my books. You said all the books that we either read or don't need to read anymore. I took them all to the thrift shop. Um, I cleaned out my sewing room from a bunch of old books and stuff like that. So yeah, I did about three or four projects this week. That's fantastic. So how, did it make any difference in how you feel? I think so, especially the old letters that my mother saved forever. Um, all the letters I wrote to her from college, all the letters my kids wrote to her, everything, I gave those to my kids. And then I kind of spent an afternoon um, going back and looking at them, enjoying it, and then saying, I don't need to keep those anymore. So, yes, that energy shifted. Yeah, it's wonderful. Really wonderful. Yeah. Mm. All right, way to go, Sheila. So let's see, anybody else? Lori. I am not able to. There. I got it. Okay. Does it count if you go through your son's closet? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I've, I'm, I flooded my kitchen. So that gave me a wonderful opportunity to go through all the stuff that was underneath my sink. <laughs> and um, 
And what I noticed when I was going through things was more of um, keeping things because I think I might need them someday. And, and um, what I realized is when you had something for 20 or 25 years and you've never used it, it's okay to go ahead and throw it away. Because if I need it, I really, really need it, I can go buy it again. Or buy or find something that I'm, I'm more into trying to find natural ways to clean and disinfect and do the different things. So I might not even want to use those harsh chemicals anymore. So um, it, just, it shifted, you know, my that mentality of being afraid that I'm going to throw away something I need someday. And um, that was really big for me because I, I'm going to attack my crafts next because there's every time I do a craft, I keep whatever's left over because someday I might need it. But usually I never go back to anything where I need. I mean, I, I have never gone back and needed anything that I already have. So, um, and the few things that I, in my own closet, I'm back to my closets. Um, I also held everything up and asked if it enjoyed my life anymore because I need to move into a space where everything that I have that surrounds me brings me joy and just hanging on to it because I might wear it someday. Um, no longer serves me, no longer is joyful for me. So those are just three different places that I kind of hit. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Lori. That that sounds like a great a breakthrough and a shift and a change in your home. Do you, do you notice that it feels any different to you? Um. Well, it kind of reminds me when I quit my job. There's that same feeling of a spaciousness to allow something else to move in if if I choose to be or and like a place for me to expand into. I I'd have it, I don't have it filled with stuff so much. So now I can breathe out and fill it with myself, my my I don't know, expansiveness. Yes, yes, that's a very good point. Yes. And and that's really a critical factor here is that when we are filling the space with things that we don't need and uh, with reminders of the past uh, and often we hold on to things that are reminders of failures or breakdowns or things like that then clearing all of that out creates a tremendous uh, energy opening so good for you i'm so glad to hear it yeah um not too long ago i hauled off 25 bags of clothes so i had already gone through my closet um but i had some more to do the other day as well as my son's closet he, because he's grown like a weed but um so it was easy for us to do that one that reminded me of how how um i don't know it's like if you have so much, you can't have opening for more. That's and right. it, it reminded me that I needed to move out the old so I could 
welcome in the new and I didn't have to worry about how the new was going to happen. Right. Because, um, right after I had done some of this, my boss bought me a coat and I never even told her I saw it at Costco and I loved it. I told my son and like two days later, she gave it to me, the, the, the coat I was looking at. And so it's just, this week has been pretty full of miracles. And that was one of them. Yay. Yeah, that's it. We, we clear out the old and we make room for new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to it. Thank, thank you, Lori. Anybody else like to, to share here? Okay, we've got uh, Kim and then Mitzi and I see Megan and all right. So Kim, you're going to have to, there you go. Well, after I, I wasn't live on the call last week, but I listened to it and I sat down and I just made lists, like you said, of waste, wasted time, wasted opportunities, wasted resources, um, and just listed everything I could think of that went in those and just wrote a great big forgiveness letter. And it just felt so good because there was still so many things that came to mind that I thought I was over, <laughs> but they still came to mind. So it was, it was really beautiful. And it reminded me, I had a really cool thing happen to me because I, I am not a pack rat. I, I don't really hang on to things. And so I'm really constantly clearing things out. But the one thing that was so hard for me was the letters, like you mentioned. And I had kept every letter my kids had ever written me, every card my husband ever gave me, letters from my parents. And I had this big box of them. And I sat with it one day and I was reading through it all. And I just got this sense that Mother Mary was looking at it with me and saying, Wow you are holding on to these letters because you are afraid there's no more love coming that these letters symbolize to you all the love that your kids showed you and all the love that your husband showed you and holding on to these is like saying i'm just scared i'm not lovable in the future and i'm not going to get more and you know you can get rid of this kim it's okay and i did I, you know, I kept a few just little, you know, little things, but this whole big pile of thing, I just recycled and it, it felt, it felt scary when I was doing it. But then in the time I just relaxed into it and I thought, of course, you know, there, there's going to be another card come or, you know, it's, it's just, we're in the flow of love now. I don't have to hold on to that love. So that was my big Hoarding thing and my big aha um, happened. So. Yeah. So how and how does that feel? It just feels so free, and it feels so um, just exciting and trusting. There was a lot of trust that I had to to. Uh, because I thought, what if I throw this out and I need to look at it again? You know, what if? what if something happens to one of my kids and I, you know, God forbid they die and I never get another letter from them or, and, and mother Mary was like, but that's not the connection to them. You feel their spirit, you feel them. And the 
physical is not what you need. So it was just a, an opening and a greater understanding of the connectedness of life and the flow of love. So. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. I think Mitzi was next. Thank you, Kim. Hey, Mitzi. Hi, hi. Thank you, Kim. I, I, I so appreciate what she just said. I, I really do, because I do remember having some letters and and uh, cards and things and from a previous relationship, and I thought, wow, if I get rid of them, that's the evidence that I really was loved one time. And uh, so I appreciate her saying that, because <laughs> it took a while to, but my breakthrough came from recognizing that um, I was projecting so much onto my husband because I really thought he was a hoarder <laughs> and I, and it was going to be a deal breaker for me. I just couldn't take it. And, um, and I mean, that's what I was thinking that I just can't take it. And it just caused a, a terrible, uh, terrible um, uh, argument. And that was right before our lesson. And I realized that I was projecting all my self guilt and shame and hate on my waste, my wasted opportunities, my, how I like would get things and then, and cycle and I, and I'd get rid of it and I'd bring it back. And, and I realized that every time I went in the basement and I saw all this stuff and I became so emotional that it was really about me projecting my own disappointment and, and myself. And I'd put all this on him and that it was, he just had to figure out for himself in his own time you know, that I, uh, for me, just trying to fault him for wasting or whatever was, uh, was another piece of, of um, the ego and thought system. And um, I kind of beginning to lose my ability to articulate, but it was a huge breakthrough for me. And I have to say, I've had to work it a little bit and time this week, <laughs> but I realized it really was my projection and um, that um, it was just another um, something to, to free me from having another block to love. Mm. So that's, you know, my twist on it. <laughs> that's great, Mitzi. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And as many have discovered this year the, the big relationship challenge is our attachment to our point of view of people in our life so what for example you're sharing that you had this attachment in your mind mental attachment to this idea that your husband's a hoarder that's a problem it's a deal breaker 
it's going to ruin your marriage. There's nothing you can do. And I'm, you know, just surmising what you could have been thinking. And uh, we, we latch onto these concepts, you know, danger, danger, there's a problem. They're going to ruin my life. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And we start to just uh, see everything as evidence for the case that uh, the ego is making. And we start spiraling down. And then what happens with a lot of people is then they take that perception, that projection, and they make it, they put so much energy into it, they make it real for them. And they often will uh, create a real break uh, in relationships. I've certainly done that in my own life many, many, many times. And it helps so much to be able to release the attachment. We don't have to release the relationship. And the whole thing of the healing is to say, if it's upsetting me, it must not be true. Whereas what the ego does is if it's upsetting me, I'm going to look for the evidence in the world to affirm that it's true, that I am right about this. But when we're looking with the eyes of gathering evidence, of course we're going to find it because perception is projection, right? So if we believe it, we're going to see it. So what we do is we unhook that belief by saying to the Holy Spirit, I don't want to invest in this anymore. I don't wish to invest in this anymore. The deep desire of my heart is to be free of all of these attachments. And I'm willing to give them up. So we stop trying to change our loved ones, changing their behavior, changing their attitudes, healing them, fixing them. Because all of that is looking at them as having a problem and we're judging them and we're attacking them. And of course they can feel that. And it's very hard on them. Uh, I remember last year, um, someone in Masterful Living at the end of the year said, um, Carol, who's in the, um, uh, who's in year two, she was saying last year that her husband said to her, at the end of the year, you know, thank you for loving me so much that he, he really had felt she had shifted so much in just loving and accepting him. And he really appreciated it. And uh, so many times I've heard comments from people that their spouses really end up supporting them in Mass for Living so much because they feel so much more loved and accepted and they appreciate that. And um, so this, this is a, uh, it's, it, it is to me one of the most important things that we can actively do to heal our relationships is to give up our attachment to our negative point of view. Of, you know, we talk about the judgments all the time, but it's not just the judgments. It's actually the picturing, the fantasizing of 
it's not working. It's going to be a, a tragedy. It's so if you can just share a little bit there, Mitzi, about how you, do you feel like you were projecting this future of uh, uh, apocalyptic future in your marriage that it was going to be just, uh, you know, an uphill battle or, you know, just. I did. I did. And one thing that, that um, you mentioned last week was, or I think it was last week that, um, the difference between thinking unity and thinking separation. And I realized that, um, that I had so much of that. Like I was like, uh, my plan, I was making, you know, escape plans. And, yeah. and, and each time I would have this consciousness, that's not unity. That's not unity. Stop turn around, rethink this, because that was, and, and then I would think, well, maybe that's just nuts. And I would say, no, no, unity is the way to go. The other way has been a way of life for me. And so um, that, that was really helpful. Just those, just that word, unity or separation that those were the only teen things. And I knew every time I had ideas of separation and was building a case for it, that I was going the wrong way. And, uh, but yeah, I had, I was building a case for an apocalyptic, you know, uh, explosion and, uh, and drafting an escape plan. Yeah, see, and that's that's normal, really. That's uh, standard operating procedure for the ego is uh, that when we're seeing the relationship as a special relationship and we're in that place of transforming it to a holy relationship, there become all these dis deal breakers. So I got to get out of here. This is never going to work. And um, it's... Uh, the ego has this intolerance and feels trapped, but it's all of the ego's, you know, it's all the ego thought system that's producing that upset. And what is so miraculous to me, it still is so miraculous to me, is how quickly usually not always but very often usually other people will very quickly change their thoughts their beliefs their habits their patterns when we start to see them differently and that proves to us the power of the mind and that proves to us that it is much simpler much easier to work at the level of our mind to hold things in our heart differently in order to have a new experience in the world. So Course in Miracles, right in the very beginning of the uh, text, it says, seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. And it's the same thing, seek not to change your husband, but to change your mind about your husband. 
and seek not to change your job even, change your mind about your job. Really work at the level of the mind first because even if, um, like let's say you are in a, if someone is in a, a difficult relationship situation or a difficult work situation and you're like, no, I definitely need to not be living with this person anymore. I definitely need to not be working here anymore. If we start to change our mind first about whatever it is, um, then if we are, if it is the highest and best for us to leave uh, or to do something different, we'll be shown that and we'll be able to do it peacefully. And that to me is really important. So people ask me all the time, uh, they, 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 it's, it used to happen all the time that people would come to me for counseling. And what they really wanted was they wanted permission to leave the relationship. Could be a friendship, could be a job, could be their sister, their mother, their brother, their husband, it didn't matter. They wanted permission to say to that person, enough, I can't stand you, you're out of my life. And, you know, separation for me. I'm choosing separation. And I would always counsel people, look, what's most important is that you're at peace. So give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. Put the Holy Spirit in charge. Take direction from the Holy Spirit. Stop trying to figure it out. Put the whole thing on the altar. Put the whole thing in your God box and await your instructions. And in the meantime, unhook all the judgments and the opinions, and then you'll see, you'll see what happens. And the great thing is, is that whatever occurs, if you're really uh, following that highest and best path that the Holy Spirit will definitely lay out for you, then no matter what it is, you'll be at peace with it. And things that we thought we could never be at peace with, we actually can be at peace with once we surrender our thoughts about it. So you're proving God in your life there, Mitzi, and it's very powerful. Thank you. Do you do, let me ask you, do you feel more empowered now? I do. I do. Um, I do. I, um, I don't know how to express it except to say that um, I can let it be. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you. Wow. You're, thank you, Mitzi. Yeah, great. All right. Megan, were you raising your hand? Let's see here. There you go. For me, it's been such a gift because I have been, and it's so funny because this always happens. I sort of start doing these things and then that's what the topic's about. And so I had started doing my kitchen and before I would have, I just had no respect. I would have the rice with the pot with 
like you just had to go digging for these things and everything you'd open a cupboard and you wouldn't know where anything was. And when it was time to go to the grocery store, it was a lot of work because I would buy like nine packs of rice because I wouldn't know where the rice was. And so I've been keeping up with it and it feels so good. And then I have an art room. I'm an artist and I have all of my stuff labeled and put where it needs to be put and what I'm not using anymore, getting rid of. And I feel like it's, it's, there's so much respect for my things and for myself. It's like this self-care, self-love. Today, I just did our desk a little bit. Like I just got rid of some papers and things that we didn't need anymore. And I organized, you know, we have so many different papers you print on and pens and it just all the cartridges before I'd always be like, we're out of ink. I have to go buy more ink, but I'd have like 6,000 ink things, but I just wouldn't know where they were. So, um, I feel like this topic, it just feels really good to sort of honor myself, honor my things and have a respect for my home. And what I'm finding too, because I am home and I'm a mom and I'm an artist. So I'm basically home base. And I find that a lot of times I just want to get out. I'll go for a quick coffee. I just want to get out. But now I'm like liking to be home because it feels really good. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an important point there, Megan, because, you know, there, there is the uh, art of feng shui, which is all about the energetics of your space. And uh, I've known many people over the years who had um, feng shui experts come into their workplace, come into their home. And I, I had that when I was in LA. Uh, I, it was funny because in uh, when I first was maybe the first year in my apartment, after about six or eight months, I thought, um, I, I would like to have a feng shui person come. And I didn't know how to organize that or make that happen. So I just put it out there. I'd really like to have a feng shui person. And then uh, I went to a silent auction and I bid on a feng shui consultation and uh, I won the bid and the person came. And so we went through and I learned a bunch of things and I did get some feng shui books and um, I certainly don't know a lot about feng shui, but what I do know is that the energetics of the placements of things and how we organize things, it, it, it is so impactful in our lives, mm. so impactful. But we're not taught about these things, so we don't really know about them. Uh, I would imagine there are a ton of videos on YouTube. There are also a ton of books. Uh, but there are some basic things that we can start with. And what you're experiencing there and sharing, Megan, is uh, that you're enjoying your home more. I'm just, I'm hearing a sound, so I'm just going to mute that out. Um, what you're experiencing is the energetic shift of organizing your space and honoring yourself. It is absolutely a way of honoring ourselves to have things uh, organized in a way that's convenient for us, that 
uh, doesn't waste our time and energy. And people are so affected, not everybody, but particularly women are so affected by clutter. Uh, women are much more affected by it than men, uh, generally, although uh, there's also, uh, I, I know quite a few men who are much more orderly than their wives and, um, or feminine partners. So you never know. It's not necessarily a masculine or a feminine thing. It's, it's more of a male-female thing. Uh, it, it, because men are more single focused and women are more diffused awareness. It's just a biological fact of how we perceive the world. And um, also our training as women is that um, basically if we don't have a organized and neat home, neat and clean and attractive, it, there is a cultural uh, judgment that we are bad women. We are not good. We are bad. And that is a very, very thick in terms of it's a very, there's a lot of density around that cultural judgment. Um, and so, uh, it's not true, of course, but why would we set ourselves up for that if we didn't believe it? You know what I mean? And then it sits, th it's like noise in the background all the time, right? And um, so one of the things that we can look at here is it's a tremendous act of self-love and self-care to eliminate all this noise in the background. We don't have to do it all at once. We can do it one thing at a time. And one of the keys is to say to the Holy Spirit, you organize it. You figure it out. Show me what to do. And um, I'm going to share a couple of more things here. And then we're going to go into a breakout. Um, so I know some other people might like to share, but if you don't mind, we're going to just put it on hold for a minute here. So, um, I, I, I'd like to comment about what Lori was saying about, there's that, uh, Japanese book, I think it is about the art of decluttering or something like that that people um, in mass, some of the people in Masterful Living have read and, uh, and that you, there's a way of sorting about whether or not things bring you joy or not. And I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. And I will also just add uh, something to it, which is just my own thing is, in my experience, things do not bring me joy. I just don't find that things bring me joy. Um, to me, joy comes from uh, experience. It comes from my, um, how loving I am and how tuned in I am. It comes from 
things like having a wonderful experience with another person or with mother nature or with an animal. Um, the, these are the things that bring me joy, experiencing someone's creativity and appreciating it. But I just don't find that no matter how beautiful the thing is, things just don't bring me a whole lot of joy. Um, it's, but that's me, I'm just saying. So I'm saying it because if you find that you're like me and you start sorting for the things that bring you joy, you might be like, uh, do I get rid of everything? Because none of this stuff brings me joy. But it's not, um, so that's, I just, I say that because um, uh, that was, as I started to approach, I thought, okay, I'll try that. I'll sort these things for what brings me joy and nothing was in my joy pile. So, but I thought, but I'd still like to keep these things because I use them and I appreciate having them and, and I like them, but they just don't bring me joy. Um, so, um, hang on one second. So, uh, so here are some things, and then we're going to go into a breakout here, that the feng shui person told me. She asked me, uh, do you have any broken phones? Do you have any broken phones? So let me just see by a show of hands, the people who are here, anybody here have a broken phone in your house? So I'm seeing one, two, three hands, okay, out of about a dozen people that I can see. Um, just a real quick, um, and Steve's got one, okay. Uh, Steve, can I ask you a question? Why do you keep a broken phone? Might get a, uh, I might get it fixed someday. There you go. All right, so that's what everybody would say to you, I bet. Anybody else have a different reason for keeping a broken phone? No, everybody's got the same reason. Philippe. I am, um, I keep this broken phone because I can still see some Messages, SMS. Okay. So I keep it. Text messages from. Okay. Um, can you not get them any other way? I can get rid. Of, I can get rid of it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, who else has got some? You know, pricey. You know, for me, I had a couple of broken phones. Why is that? Well, they, they, they cost me a hundred or dollars or more. And you know, that's a significant amount of money, but it doesn't break, it, it doesn't work. Are you gonna get it fixed? Are you doing anything about getting it fixed? Do you have any plan to get it fixed? And my answer was, no. No, I have no plan to get it fixed. I have no idea how to get it fixed. I don't think these things are even, are they fixable? I, who fixes phones? And I'm not talking about cell phones. I'm talking about, you know, a phone on your desk, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but people, people keep broken cell phones. And it's just like, 
So back then it was, this was actually before cell phones were even that popular. And I thought of my parents' house, well, we've got a box of broken phones in the basement. Why, why, why are we keeping all these broken phones? And the answer was really just because someday we could maybe get it fixed. But that was just like, that was not something anybody had a plan to do. It was just this idea that maybe Santa Claus would come and fix our phones in the middle of the night or something, you know, it's like, and the phone fixing elves might come to our house, you know, it's not happening. There's no way it's actually going to occur. And I, and so the feng shui person said, do you, so you've got broken phones in your house. Do you have any issues with communication? Well, good Lord, who doesn't have issues with communication? She said, well, get those broken phones out of there. Unless you have a plan to fix them, get them out of your house. And, you know, I just put that stuff right in the trash right away. So consider this, all right? Seriously, what are you holding on to that's broken, that you have no plan to fix? And the only reason that you're hanging on to it is because you spent a couple hundred dollars on it or $50 or some significant amount of money and that you just feel like, well, it's a waste to throw it away because I come from a long line of people who didn't have money and we didn't throw things away. We kept it because you never know when you could take that phone apart and you could take those pieces and you could build a, you know, a ham radio set because there's war broken out and you're going to, what? No, none of that's going to happen at your house. Come on, what you don't live in some movie about World War One, right? That's not your life. So, but so whose life are you living? Right? No, really. I mean, these are this energy goes into that box of dead phones in your house that's never gonna get fixed. So uh, what I invite you to do is just real quick here. What are the, make a list, write them down. What, what are the things that you're holding on to that are defunct, that are broken? You know, an old, um, uh, that what comes into my mind is uh, some uh, fondue set that doesn't work, you know? It's broken. Well, you're not gonna get that fixed. Where are you gonna get that fixed, right? Make a list of some of these things here. And do yourself a favor and get them out of your house. Now, sometimes old computers, right? I used to keep old computers. I don't do that anymore. I have an old computer and I use it. There are no other computers in my, of course, I don't have a house. But, <laughs> but when I had my home in LA, I got rid of all my old computers. I didn't hang on to them. Some of them would be worth a lot of money now too, but um, think about just the kinds of things that you hold on to because someday, you know, someday that might come back in style or whatever it might be. What have you got in your garage? You know, broken lawnmower. But you, you have a nice new one, but you keep the old broken one too. This, because this is the poverty 
consciousness, really. And uh, I remember I experienced it very strongly when my mom was so sick because she had been sick for quite a while. So there was a lot of the kind of cleaning that uh, my mom would do that my dad didn't do. And there was no one doing that. So I went through the kitchen. I started going through the kitchen and I realized there's like 50 jars, old jars here. And so I said, dad, um, you do know they still make jars, right? They're, they're like, there's no danger that they're going to stop making jars. This is not the depression. We don't, we're not going to suddenly start trying to can everything. That's not going to be happening. And he, he was like, don't talk to me about it. I can't handle it. So I said, okay, I just said, I'm going to get like three of each kind of jar and I'll put 20 jars in the basement in case there's a jar emergency and the rest of them I'm going to take and recycle. And, um, but he, he just lost perspective he was saving all these jars. And it, cause he was so stressed it, he, he was reverting to childhood kind of behavior when, you know, with his depression era parents, they needed to save everything. And um, I think I shared with you that when we, um, when my dad and his uh, new wife moved out of the house in Maine, I, I was trying to organize things in the basement and I found 25 pairs of my dad's old shoes down there. So he moved, he took everything he wanted out of the house, but he left me with 25 pairs of his shoes, you know? And um, what, these were all shoes that he'd worn down, was not, not, not gonna wear anymore, but he couldn't bear to throw them out because at the time he bought them, it was $100 or whatever. So we have a lot of that. Some of us have a lot of that. Some, I have some friends who, just go through everything in their house on a weekly basis and they will, you know, they will not hold on to anything and God bless them. I don't know how they do that. That's not my way. But the thing is, is to really help yourself out and take these things out of your home. So when your mind goes, if I ask you now, where is there a whole bunch of stuff that you probably don't need any of it, but you just let it live in your house. Take up your part of your bandwidth. There's noise there. Where is that? See if you can think of three. It might be just a drawer. It might be your whole garage or your whole basement. Just some of the places in your life, in your home where there's a lot of stagnant energy and you've got a lot of things there that you don't need, you don't want, you're not using, but for some reason you have been holding on to them.
And here's something to consider in this. What are the things that you're holding on to? Just in case you go broke. So you don't want to get rid of these things because maybe 15 years from now, you will need to have extra staplers or you will need to have those boots because all of your other shoes will have been taken away from you and you won't have any money to buy new shoes. So you need to hold on to those old boots that you don't like and you never wear and you in fact would hate to wear things like that that you're holding on to because in the back of your mind what if i lose everything and i don't have the money to buy more jars or more whatever it is that your drawers your closets your basement your trunk of your car or places like that that you're holding on to these things like, do you really need that many of those things and Sheila was saying in the chat that she feels guilty about throwing them away I wouldn't throw them away I would give them away And I, many times I've gone to like certain friends, they'll, you go to their house for dinner or something and they'll say, by the way, I have these 10 things that I'm getting rid of if you would like to take any of them, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to do it. If you go to church, you can bring a box of things to church. You can always take things to the Goodwill, places like that, charity shops. And then you're not cultivating that stagnant energy of in the future, I might be broke, I might be destitute. And if I didn't have these ugly shoelaces that don't work in any of my shoes, I might need those shoelaces. I might need to have to make a sweater out of them someday because I have nothing else to wear and I, I've got 50 pairs of old mismatched shoelaces and maybe, maybe I could macrame something out of them. I, you know, it's just the craziness of the ego. Sheila. Um, I was just gonna say, I tried to give the paint away. I called the thrift store and they said, no, we don't really take it because we can, it's hard for us to get rid of. So then I called um, the landfill and they said what I said earlier that they will only take five gallons. So that's when I contacted my daughter and I said, you take five gallons, your husband takes five gallons, I'll take five gallons and eventually we'll get rid of it. But um, I would love to give the paint away. I mean, some of it's probably perfectly good, um, um, but it, it's just a, it's a tricky one with the old paint. Yeah, clothes, I definitely give away. I don't throw them away. But. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. But thank you. I think this whole conversation is fabulous. Yes. All right. So 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite, we're gonna go into a breakout here and just talk about what you're thinking about, what you've recognized, what you've got, why do you hold on to it? Does it make any sense for you? Are you not actually thinking about it? Because this is the thing to consider. We constantly reaffirm the decision. Yes, I'm keeping the jars. Yes, the shoelaces, I need them. Yes, the old paint, it's, I've got to hold on to it just in case, right? So we, this, these are the decisions that we make over and over and over again, reaffirming and reaffirming and reaffirming that oftentimes someday in the future, I will not have enough to buy new shoelaces and I will have to find a way to make these all, oh, I'll be so glad I still have these shoelaces and things like that. These are the kinds of decisions that we're making that we don't even know we're making. So this is where we're bringing our awareness to open up the energy flowing in our life. All right, so I am going to start us into our breakout here. Okay, we've got a little bit of time left. So what did you learn from your discussion? Any insights, any aha's? Have you made any decisions? Lori, and then I think Nadia was raising her hand. Um, yeah, so one of the things that um, I had shared that I had learned was um, from somebody that everything that I owned kind of had a little bit of my energy. All my stuff has a little bit of energy. So I'm kind of spread out in all these things that I had. And as I give them away and cut my ties and, and all that, um, that, that process of releasing is actually a way for me to regain more of myself back. And um, that's been really empowering for me. And it, it has, the less that I have, the bigger I feel. It's like, I feel more expansive and I also feel more free. I don't feel t tied down um, energetically. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. And uh, you, Nadia, did you want to share? Yeah. Hi. I had a I had an aha on this call. Because <laughs> um, I've I've moved and I've downsized everything, everything. The stuff you see back there that was like gifted to me. The bed, pillows, the sheets. It's like I I created room in my life, and then. Holy Spirit provided everything I needed. And so we're on this call and I'm like, okay, well, interestingly, last Monday, I wasn't on the call, but on Monday, I actually was in the one mind and I, I cleared out stuff out of my closet clothes. And I was like, okay, well, I can, I can downsize some clothes. And then I realized, oh, you guys are all, my group's already downsizing. So on this call, I'm like, well, what else can I downsize? I don't know. And finally, I do know, it occurred to me, that I've been hoarding receipts. It's like, for some reason, I was like able to let go of everything, but I needed to hold on 
to receipts to prove to myself that I had stuff once, that like I did stuff, that I was participating in, in the world. And um, I'm not just, it's not just in my mind that it's okay not to have things. It's like, look, here's all the, like, you know, just receipts that I started going through them on this call and I realized I can throw them away. It didn't, it, I didn't realize I was hoarding them. I, I, but that's exactly what I was doing. I was hoarding my like need to, to know that, that I had stuff once and that I'll have it again. And an interesting connection that I just made also was I was using a receipt in a conversation, a receipt for child support that I paid to my ex. And I actually used it as a form of attack in my mind against him because he had, I'd given him cash for last two months and I gave him a prepaid visa card like for two months prior to that before I had a job because that's well, what I could buy on a credit card. And he wrote the prepaid visa card on a receipt for the wrong months, one of the months overlapping, one of the months I gave him cash and he you know, wrote me a receipt for cash for last month. And I wrote him back and in my mind, I was like, you're such an idiot. That's not the month I gave you cash. And the thing is, I don't need the receipts. He needs them to prove that, that he gained income from me. And they're actually for him. But in my mind, I was like, you fucking idiot. That's not the month. Like I actually was so angry and I used it as a form of attack. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Why am I attacking him? over something that I don't even need because I fully surrendered to Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit's going to take care of this. I'm not going to get in trouble for not paying child support because I do. And he knows I do. And there's never going to be a dispute about it. And it's never going to be an issue ever, ever, ever. But I still wanted to attack him over a typo on a receipt. <laughs> and I don't know what that means, but I just became aware of it. So now I can ask for forgiveness in a way that allows me to clear out more room in my life in this moment. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful, Nadia, because this, this is part of the ego thought system. It's, it's a defend, attack, defend, attack. And in lesson 135 of the course, it's, it's called, if I defend myself, I am attacked. And it's really about when we are in defending ourselves, we are secretly looking for a reason to attack. We want to attack. And uh, so this is just a very prominent, dominant part of the ego thought system. So it's, I, I think it's really fair to say you don't wish to attack. It's just a part of your ego identification that you now realize and you can let it go. Yeah. Good. yeah. And I'm throwing out all my receipts tonight. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Beautiful. All right, we've got Tim raising his hand here. Thanks, Nadia. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, something that came up for me, and this wasn't on my list originally because I put different kinds of paperwork and files and that sort of thing that were kind of cluttering my life and holding me back. But then as I was talking, it 
it made me think of um, about 10 years ago, uh, I did my last will and testament. <laughs> and that, it, in one way, that seems like totally off topic, but it, it needs, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not planning on leaving this world anytime soon, but I'm not getting any younger. And at, and for me, having that hanging out there and not, not really addressing what needs to be done uh, seems to have the same kind of energy. It, it feels like it's holding me back or cluttering my life in some way because uh, it needs to be taken care of. And I have a younger brother who you know, took care of all this stuff. And he, he told me a few weeks ago how freeing it was for him to just have all that out of the way so that he didn't even have to think about it anymore. And so if anything would happen to him, his kids or whoever uh, would know exactly what to do. And for me, I mean, it seems like it's not that it really bothers me, but it seems like kind of a negative thing in some ways. And so I really don't care to focus on it. But at the same time, it just sort of hangs out there like this big thing that needs to be done that I avoid doing. And it, like I say, it has the same kind of feel or energy to it that these other things cluttering my life have if that makes sense. It makes a great deal of sense. And I'm really glad you recognize that and shared it with us, Tim, because um, one of the ego uh, patterns uh, that's very common, and most people have it in some way, shape, or form in their life. It's, uh, and you may remember me talking about this. I usually will bring this up early in the year, uh, of masterful living where remember those toy airplanes that you wind up, it has a rubber band and you wind up the oh. propeller and then it can go. So what, what one of the ego patterns is to procrastinate, to put something off, to not address it, not deal with it until so much tension builds up that we say, I've got to do it now. I can't put it off anymore. And it's what it is, is it's just a, another way that the ego thought system creates uh, a sense of a constant disturbance and draining our energy. Um, does that make sense? Yes, thank you. I, it, it does. And so we do that. We just keep building the tension and building the tension and building the tension until it becomes like, I can't handle it anymore. And then we have enough momentum to get it done. But imagine that you were caring for a child, a precious child, and um, you taught them, oh, this is the way you want to live your life. You know, put it off, put it off, put it off until you can't stand it anymore and then do it. It, it just would feel like, oh God, I would never want to teach um, a precious child that I loved to do that, I would say, no, I'd help them and empower them to get things done without tension 
And uh, without feeling like, ah, oh, I'm terrible if I don't get this done today. But that's kind of, you know, there's different flavors of it, but it's very, very common. Can anybody else relate to this? Yeah, I see we've got a lot of people waving their hands there. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's many, many things in our life that we do this with. So what I'm inviting everyone to do here, and thank you for sharing that, Tim. I'm inviting you to just become more conscious of areas in your life where you create negative motivation, right? So you start saying to yourself, if I don't take care of this today, uh, and I really should, and you're looking for the places in your life where you turned a blind eye, like, oh, I don't even want to think about that. I do it too. I do it too. So the thing is, is if you really decide, you know what, I just don't want to clean out that closet, maybe next year, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't hold it in your mind that you're making an error, you're doing something bad, you should be doing it differently. This is the thing, if you make the decision, I don't have the bandwidth to clean the garage anytime soon, I'm gonna just let it be, then let it really be. That's the thing, is so this is where we can really give things to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit handle the transformation of the energy. So for me, one of the things I just learned is I'd say, okay, this Sunday, I'm gonna you know, go through those receipts, let's say, and see which ones I need. Holy Spirit, make it filled with ease and grace. And then I, I've, I like to do things like, I'll say, okay, I'm going to set aside this Sunday afternoon or whatever it is, and I'm gonna go through all the drawers of my desk, or I'm gonna take one hour a day and I'm gonna do one drawer per day, it, it, whatever it is. And sometimes like, I'll say, okay, I'd rather just set aside this whole day, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna clean out that closet and I'm gonna watch uh, two movies. And so I, I work with a system of rewards where I'll say, okay, first I'm going <clears> to <throat> set the timer in my phone and I'm going to clean out that closet for 20 minutes. I'm going to work on it for 20 minutes and then I'm going to watch 20 minutes of this movie that I'd like to watch. And when I'm doing the cleaning, I put on disco music or something like that, you know, and I turn up the volume and I get the energy pumping and have a cup of joe and and then i see when the alarm goes off after 20 minutes i see hmm can i do another five or do i want to go right to the movie and so i'm you know i'm breaking it up i'm not torturing myself i'm making the whole experience kind of fun and playful and i have a sense of uh, accomplishment even after 20 minutes and then at the end of the day, it's all done and I can watch the second movie or however it goes. And I, I, I like to uh, motivate myself with positivity rather than negativity. So this is another thing. Look around your house, scan your house, go through your house with a pad of paper 
and start looking for the things that, oh, you know what, that corner is sucking the energy out of it because of the, you know, the way I'm holding it in my mind or this closet, this drawer, this coat, these, whatever they are, pay attention to it because we just become inured to so many things in our life that it all adds up to, I don't love myself enough to take care of myself. So looking for those is really powerful. And then again, give the job of getting it done to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, show me how to get it done with ease and grace. And you never know how it's gonna show up. You know, but sometimes it can work out that you say to a friend, you know, would, I would like help cleaning this closet. Would you help me clean my closet? I'll help you clean your closet. And then you can say, oh, let's have fun doing it, right? You can tell stories. Maybe you don't get to see that friend very often. You get to spend the whole day together. And you get your closets cleaned. It's a win, win, win. You be creative. Let the Holy Spirit show you how to have more fun with it. You can pile up a whole bunch of stuff that you're giving away, invite a bunch of friends over and have some food and ask them to take all that stuff if they want it. Be creative. Let spirit show you how. And it just is, is so amazing how we can transform our space. Okay, we are way over time here. And let's pray. Good stuff. I can't wait to hear your stories. And share in Facebook. Share your, your ahas, your insights, your ideas, your accomplishments. Share some photographs. Let's, let's see what you're doing. Put those broken phones in the trash. Take a picture of it and let us know. All right. Oh, so grateful and thankful to lay the burdens down, to get the feng shui cleared in our hearts, our minds, our homes, our relationships, and all the activities of our life. So grateful and thankful for more clarity on all levels. So grateful and so thankful for more harmony on all levels. So grateful to show all the lack and limitation ideas out the door and to open ourselves to a flow of prosperity and abundance that is unprecedented. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mwah! Love you. Have a great rest of your week.